Desert Diaries. Hello, Arizona calling. And first up, look, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry this week's episode is slightly later than advertised, but I blame Thanksgiving and the Beatles. I mean, nearly eight hours of documentary about the get back sessions aren't going to watch themselves, right? But mainly, I really needed some time off and Thanksgiving popped up at just the right moment. So hooray for lots of family time and food and the Beatles and a bit of a break. And anyway, here I am. So yeah, Thanksgiving has come around again so fast. How can it be a year since we last spoke about this? The quintessential American holiday. Yep, I know some other countries do celebrate their own Thanksgiving. But growing up, if you say to me, Thanksgiving, the USA is what I would have instantly thought of. I talked last year about some of the uncomfortable historical truths around this celebration and how some Americans now choose actually not to participate in Thanksgiving. Or if they do participate, they've kind of changed the way in which they get involved or the way in which they approach this holiday. I read one article from a Native American writer called Sean Sherman. I'll put a link in the notes for this episode to that article so you can have a read as well. Because he talked about just this fact that whilst the whole notion of foreign settlers coming and breaking bread with Native people is in fact a rather false narrative, his article reminded me actually that Native Americans weren't even permitted to be classed as American citizens until 1924. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Do have a read of that article. It's really good. We should still view Thanksgiving, he says, as a chance to promote unity and focus on the values that apply to everybody, togetherness, generosity, gratitude. And he says we can make the day about what everyone wants to talk about, actually. And that, of course, is food. I love that. And food, of course, is something that really unites us, even as we are those annoying non-meat-eating people who come over and cause a headache for the host. But still, (laughs) food, sitting down, eating together is something that really, really does unite us. Togetherness, generosity and gratitude. They're the three things that Sean talked about. And what more is there really? I don't know about you, but I think it's too easy, especially in the world we're in today when everyone seems to fall out about everything. We can forget there is more that connects us and separates us. And it's also dead easy, isn't it, to forget to be grateful and instead focus on the things that are challenging us, the things we don't have. And, you know, I would be lying If I didn't feel that underlying sense of sadness that I've been carrying around since March 2020 of being away from my mum and my dad and my in-laws and my old friends, if I didn't feel that sense of sadness rise to the surface a few times over the last few weeks, as other friends have talked excitedly about travelling across the country to see their parents or having family fly in from abroad, it's hard. I often find myself throwing myself what the kids call or probably don't call anymore a pity party, feeling sorry for myself and yelling, when is this going to end? When? There's a myriad of complicated reasons why it now looks unlikely that we'll even see our family for Christmas. (sighs) But as we can't control, well, any of it, you have to keep hanging on to hope, I suppose. 
because there isn't really anything else. But we made a point, despite the eye rolling from the kids, of going around the table to say what we were thankful and grateful for, even if it was a fairly swift exercise, as they were desperate to dig into, yes, the sweet potato marshmallow casserole. Still sounds horrendous on paper. Still tastes absolutely bloody lovely. I shall put the recipe up on the Desert Diaries Facebook page for you. Well, my recipe, it may be some terrible misrepresentation of a beloved national dish, but it's brilliant. It's still so delicious. Head to facebook.com slash see you in the desert. You know, as a Brit, I do find myself being slightly thrown off kilter by Thanksgiving in terms of Christmas, because we've just had a few days off work. We've just eaten far too much. We've just hung out with family for a few days and all that feels very Christmassy. It's kind of file under Christmas. But of course, Christmas is now coming in just a few weeks time and then we can do it all over again. I think I may still be full from the meal I had a few days ago. No lie. It was a meal that lasted for three days. That sweet potato casserole, though, tastes amazing in bubble and squeak. You should try it. Thanksgiving leftovers, a bit like Christmas dinner leftovers, are a meal art form in themselves. And there's always loads of them, especially as the tradition here is often for visitors to bring an extra dish to the Thanksgiving table or for family members to make their special version of sprouts or beans or mac and cheese or whatever it might be on the day of the meal. And as we hiked up the mountain on the morning of Thanksgiving in the most perfect 22 degree heat, that's 71 in old money, I still can't believe that at the end of November, we're walking around in shorts and not crying with the cold. I was also reminded as my mind went to the meal that we'd start preparing when we got home of a story I'd been told by a woman who'd moved to Arizona from the Midwest, Michigan to be precise, just a few years before. Thanksgiving for her, like so many Americans, was a time of a huge family get-together where they'd borrow chairs from neighbours, perch with plates on the arms of sofas and stand up against kitchen counters. Everybody bought a dish, she said, and the leftovers were legendary. After moving to Phoenix, she was excited to host her first ever extended family gathering. Aunties and uncles and cousins all flew in. Airbeds were purchased and pumped up. Chairs were borrowed. Extra cutlery bought from the shops. It was fantastic, she said. Everybody ate and drank and gave thanks and had a ball. (laughs) The problem came when the meal was over. The tradition was, she said, that because there was so much food and the fridge didn't stand a chance of taking it all in, all the leftovers in Detroit, with daytime highs about three degrees in November, was just packed up in tinfoil and Tupperware and put outside. The whole city was a refrigerator at that time of year, she said. Problem was, she now lived in Phoenix. (laughs) And it was only when she opened up the back door and the sun almost blinded her, she realised her huge error. (laughs) I mean, forget the coyotes coming for your leftover turkey. You literally can't put it outside in 22 degree heat. And that's a low. Uh, Luckily, a neighbour had a spare refrigerator in their garage and came to the rescue for her. Everyone here has a spare fridge in their garage, by the way. But I digress. It was a lesson learned, she said, for a Midwestern girl who had moved to the desert. 
Just a little final word on Thanksgiving and its central values of togetherness and generosity and gratitude. And more specifically, that middle one, generosity. And I have to say, generosity of spirit is something that has struck me again and again about so many of the people I've met here. And sometimes it's people I haven't even met. For the first time in about a thousand years, Dave and I went out to see some live music a few days ago to a blues bar in downtown Phoenix. We met up with some friends, ate some food and watched an indie rock cover band play their way through two hours of all the songs that I used to dance to when I used to go out dancing, i.e. before children. I loved it. I sang and I danced and clapped and it was just ace. And I very clearly loved it because after about half an hour, the waitress came over with a fresh glass of the bourbon cocktail that I'd been drinking. Oh, I said, "Uh, thank you very much, but I didn't actually order this. Oh, I know, she said. It's from those people over there. I turned around to see a man and his wife grinning and raising their glasses to me. Of course, I walked over completely surprised and said, thank you so much. Oh, no problem, he replied. It's our pleasure. We just really love that you were having such a great time. Ah, so kind. It really, really made my night. I mean, what a thing to do. And, you know, it's not that unusual here. Just this week, my friend James from Manchester was visiting Chicago and was astounded when a random stranger he'd been chatting to for a few moments at the bar ended up paying James's bar tab as well as his own. It happens. I remember a few years ago, I was in a pretty swanky bar and restaurant with my friend Jackie in Hell's Kitchen in New York. I hadn't seen her for ages. And we'd been there for some time (laughs) and had far too many overpriced drinks in our evening when a couple, a man and a woman in their 60s, asked if they could just come and stand next to us while we were sitting at the bar whilst they were waiting for their table to be ready in the restaurant. Of course, we said, and we struck up a conversation. We chatted for about 20 minutes about them visiting their daughter from Delaware, about his work in the engineering industry, about everything and nothing. They were just a really pleasant couple. Their daughter then turned up and they went off to eat. And Jackie and I grabbed some food at the bar and chatted into the night, waving goodbye to the lovely couple when they left an hour or so later with their daughter. It must have been at least another 30 minutes when, (laughs) wearily, we thought it was probably time to go home. And we asked for the bill, scared to think about how much we might have just racked up over the last several hours of food and drink. Oh, It's all taken care of, including the tip, the bartender told us. The couple who came to chat to you, they said what a pleasure it was to meet you and to enjoy your time together. I was floored. How generous. And leaving before we even knew what they'd done. Before we could even say thank you. I mean, that's another whole level of generous. I do think, like I said, there's a fundamental generosity of spirit alive in this country. Is it exclusive to Americans? Well, no, I don't know if that's true. But I do think like so many other things they do, perhaps it's more about those bigger gestures like paying a stranger's bill than you might find elsewhere. I'd love to hear your experiences. Do let me know on social media. So, yeah, so much to give thanks for. If we take just a little bit of time to remember it. I'll see you in the desert.